You ready to get in the word? Amen. I, I want to read this prophetic word that Dr. Savell uh, gave us a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's this 2018 days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. And this is what the Lord told him Continue to preach, teach, and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. It's still my plan for the faithful to flourish. If you will do this, and then you will, if you keep, continue to do this, people will eventually lay, eventually lay hold of this. It's never been more important than right now for them to flourish in every area of their lives. These are indeed days of my greater glory, says the Lord. I will cause it to manifest for all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to bound even as I have promised in my word. I will honor their loyalty to me by enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one. And I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs they've ever experienced thus far. Rest assured that I'm working in their behalf even now. And they shall be triumphant, and they shall be victorious, and all shall see that I'm still the God of the breakthrough, and I'm still the God that keeps covenant. So lift up your hands, lift up your voices, and praise your God, the God who is unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who have been loyal and faithful to him, says the Lord. Give him a shout of praise for that word. Amen. Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Days of glory. What, what is his glory? It's, it's his manifested presence. It's his manifested power. And we know it's his manifested goodness. When in, uh, in Exodus chapter 33, and he, a, a Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, well, all my goodness, let all my goodness pass before you. All my goodness pass before you. It, it was like his glory is about his goodness. You know, I, I believe we need to stir our expectancy like David that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the... I will see. I will see. Say that with me. I will see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Say, I will see it. Me. Personally. I'll see. His goodness. His glory. His power. And His presence in my life. Because these are days of His glory. These are days of abounding. And these are days of flourishing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, I came off a, a series and, entitled Being Planted. And found, found in Psalms 92. And it says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Being planted. Being planted, being planted is, a, is a position of surrender. We talked about the life of Jesus. And, and he, said, he says, you know, my time, you know, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Meaning right now, the reason I came is right now. And, and what did he equate it to? He talked about, you know, it's, it's about if a man would, if a seed has to be sown. And if that seed dies, well, it brings forth much fruit. Yeah. Much fruit. So being planted is about surrendering ourselves to really God's ultimate plan for our lives. And his plan is for us to flourish. His plan is for you to abound. His, his plan is for us to, to see his glory on our lives and through our lives to everyone we come in contact with. His goodness, his, his glory. Being planted in the house. You, you know, it's interesting that David said, he, he talked about, uh, you know, being in, in a land, in a, in a dry and weary land where no water is. You know, have you ever felt that way? Being in a, in a, in a land where no water is, in a dry and weary land. And, and when, I, when the Lord, I had this scripture the other day when I was studying. The Lord, the Lord was speaking to me about you too. That you, you felt like you've been in a dry and weary land. 
<laughs> and I know, you're, I know you're not the only ones in here. But, but what does David say? He goes, though I've been in a dry and weary land where no water is, he says, I have gone to the sanctuary. Because that's where your power and your what glory is. He goes, when I've been dry and weary in the land, I've been dry and weary in my life. He, he says, I go to your sanctuary because it's when I go to your house, planted in the house, you'll flourish. It's, it's, it's when you understand something about his house. And, and as I use the word house a lot this morning, don't, don't, have, don't get your eyes on these four walls, okay? Be planted in the house. It's, it, it's, it's not, nothing necessarily special about this particular house we're in, it's, but it's when the people come together in an attitude of worship because, because it says he inhabits what? The praises of his people. So where the praises of his people are is, is where he chooses to have, inhabit. So it's where his house is. So being planted in a place where he inhabits. In, in, Psalm, in, in Psalm 65, he says, blessed is the man whom you cause to come near, that you choose to come near, that you may be satisfied with the goodness, the goodness of his house. Blessed is the man whom you choose to draw near. He, you know, he's chosen you to draw near. And think about that. In spite of how bad you've been, in spite of your failures, in spite of how much you've missed it, in spite of, of how you even see yourself, he's still chosen you to come near. Let me read it in the Amplifies. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whom you choose and cause to come near that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Amen. See, we need to come to a place where we're satisfied with the goodness of his house. The goodness of his house. You know, when I was uh, just seeking the Lord over the last couple of weeks about what the Lord wanted me to minister, and as I was out running, and I was listening to a message while I was running, and and, and it was towards the end of my run. And, as, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me while I was running. I, I get great revelation while I'm running. And, and you know, it, and, and so just because I just, I just kind of get out there and, and just run and just listen to the word or listen to worship. And, and then all of a sudden, as I'm running, the, I, I, long, the, who I was listening to preaching, I no longer heard their voice. But, I, but I'm running, and, and all of a sudden, here I'm running, I just hear, hear something on the inside of me. And the Lord said this, church alive. Church alive, those that are planted in the house shall flourish in the courts. That we would be satisfied with the goodness of his house, the goodness of his house. Church alive, I, I went to bed that night and, and just kind of like, what? Because I was preparing to speak and continue the series on, you know, being planted. And, 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 and so I woke up and, you know, early on that next morning, it woke me up again. And I hear, just hear those two words. That's all I'm hearing. Church alive. Church alive. Church alive. And, and, and the Lord gets saying, I want my church alive. I, 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 want, my, I want my church alive. 
I want, I want my church alive. And, and, and it was, I, just, I just kept hearing that for church alive. I came in here to study, and, and, and all of a sudden, I, I came in here just pr- walking around the room, and, 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 you know, I pray over every chair every week, multiple times a week. I, I lay hands on every chair in this building. Why? Because, because I want God to touch your life when you're here. I, I, I pray over this room, pray over this, this I pray over you because, because I, before I ever even start studying, I want, I'm praying over you because, Father, give me a compassion that you have for them because I don't want to preach what I want to preach. I want what this church needs, what this body needs, those watching by way of internet, what they need. And he kept saying, church alive. Church alive. See, he wants us to be satisfied with his house. His goodness is in his house. Now, get your mind just on this building, but I'm going to get into this, this whole aspect. And, and, and we'll just go as far as the Lord wants us to go this morning, and we'll pick up next week on how, how this goes. But say it with me, church alive. Church alive. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I just thank you for, for filling my mouth with your word today, Father, that we would leave here as a church body. We would leave here as a, as a church family, Father, just with, with, with your desire and your compassion for each one of us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I heard a story about a, a church in Oklahoma, and, uh, and the pastor was a new pastor that was taking over this church, and, and, and he, it was a new, he, he was new to the area, and, 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 but he was really, man, he, he knew God had called him to be a part of this church, and, and he went around, and he actually visited every single person that was a part of this. It wasn't a, a huge church, but he went around, and he, he spent time with it, that four days before that Sunday, everyone that was considered a member in that church, he went and visited them, and, and you know, and, and come on out, here, he, he talked about his vision. He talked about his heart. And you know, I would love for you to be here this Sunday. And, and so he, he gets somebody preaches and they had their smallest attendance that they had ever had. And he was really frustrated because he had something burning on the inside of him that God had placed in him about this church and what this church was called to do and what this church was supposed to be. And, 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 and he, had, he had an idea and, and, he, and, and he, he just kind of was really upset and, and he, he went to the newspaper on that Monday and he took out an ad in the, in the paper. And, and it, I don't know if it was the front page or what, but he took out an ad and it said for, for everyone to come to such and such church to see the funeral of this church. That, that, there, that this church has died and, and it's time to have a funeral for this church. And, and so, and so it was interesting. People were like morbidly, uh, morbidly curious about, about this whole aspect. There's our churches, there's gonna, our church is having a funeral for our church. And because our church has died. So come out and let's pay our respects to what this church used to be and, instead of what it is right now. And so, so all of a sudden the place is packed out. The place is packed out the next Sunday and the, and the pastor gives the eulogy and, 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 and he's talking about how this church was and everything about this church and everyone's coming in and they're singing in the front. There's a casket right here in the front and there's flowers poured on top of this casket and, and when the pastor gets done, the pastor comes down and he opens, he opens the casket and, and so what he, he tells people, he goes, he goes, as we all leave, let's pay our respects to what this church used to be. And, and this dead church. And, and so the thing what everyone was more curious about is what's in the casket? <laughs> what's in the casket? You know, is that where the old pastor went? We're not sure. But, but I mean, it, it's, it's what happened. So everyone, one by one, everyone goes up there and, 
And all of a sudden, they look in and everyone with these just strange faces. And like looking around and, and all of a sudden their accountants was totally changed and something really hit them in the center of who they are because the pastor had put a mirror inside the casket. See, a lot of times we like to complain about everything and why there's no life in our lives and, and why there's nothing happening in our lives and why God isn't doing anything with us or why God isn't doing through with us when we really need to look in the mirror and find out where we've missed it. Because if you're not alive in your walk with God, it's not your pastor's fault. Now, if your pastor is a dead pastor, then, then maybe, maybe he has something to do with it. But, but, but the issue is, is, is we need to be a church that is alive. This, we need to be a church. See, churches were never meant to be, be what, and if you go to Europe, there were a lot of great, amazing churches built, but, but they have become great monuments. They've been, become great museums, but they, because they stopped becoming a movement. So, so anytime, anytime we were, the church was never established to be something we would come in and say, oh, well, look how beautiful that is. No, no, the church was established in the book of Acts for, for to come in and see how amazing God is. And so, so God doesn't want us to create a, an environment to sit back and let's observe something. No, God wants us to come in and experience him. Because God's called us to be a church that's alive. You see, you see being a church alive is, is about the heart of the people. Because, see, the word church is where we, in the Greek is a word ecclesia. And it means Called out ones. Church didn't mean four walls in a building where we gather. Called out ones. We're ecclesia. The, the church is the ecclesia. And they're called out ones that have been called out together so they could call, be, be called out together. They've been called together to be called out together. And, and, so, and so what is the church? The church is where, where the called out ones that have experienced the love of God, experienced the presence of God, they're called out, they come together, and they share that with each other. What is the church? It are called out ones that come together to share the love of God with each other, and they go out and they fulfill God's plan. So the church is the ecclesia. They're called out ones. So, 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 so say this with me. I am the church. And I'm a called out one. See, see, the called out ones need to become alive. It has nothing to do with these four, these four walls, but it has everything to do with what's happening with the called out ones within that building. You see, we are never meant to be a museum. We are never meant to be a monument. We were meant to be a movement that continued to progress, that continued to expand, that continued to grow, that continued to impact, that continued what Jesus began and what the Holy Spirit deposited. You see, there's been too, miscon- too much con- misconceptions about church. You know, I, I, I hear a lot of different things with, with churches. Well, church was just man's way of trying to control people. Um, I, I've heard things about church that, that well, you know, it, church was never really God's idea. It was man's idea. Well, wait a minute. According to my Bible, it says that God established it. Jesus is the head of it. And the Holy Spirit directs and empowers it. So the, the, the church is a God thing. It's not a man thing. And, and what I've seen is, is there's a lot of, too many people have had a lot of opinions about church or what church should be, what should happen at church, what shouldn't, ha- what should, what shouldn't happen at church. And, and really because of all that, because of our own ideas, 
What happens is complacency sets in to something that should have been a force that progresses. And when complacency sets in, whether it be within a church or whether it be in your personal life, what happens is you stop giving birth to future revelation. You stop giving birth to what God wants to do in your life and through your life. Complacency is a disease that has kept the church from impacting the world. Church alive. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 1. Into the angel, the messenger of the assembly of the church. Now, starting in Revelation chapter 1, and we may get this later, get to this later. This is actually, it talks about a message from the seven stars, which are seven angels, to the seven lampstands. And these lampstands were churches. Remember the church, we are to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth, right? And so it calls these seven lampstands and talks about these seven churches. And here he says, And to the angel messenger of the assembly of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, and the seven stars. Now he goes, I know your record and what you're doing. You are supposed to be alive, but in reality, you are dead. Now, now get this, this is after Jesus already died on the cross for us. So this is actually in, in and under the dispensation of grace. And so, so you have to understand it was the attitude of the people that had everything to do with the success of the church. So here, this is a message written to the church of Sardis and it tells them, I know your record. King James says, I know your name and what you're doing. You're supposed to be alive, but in reality, you're dead. Meaning you're supposed to be a living and and you're supposed to be alive, but you know what? Nothing's happening. Verse two says, rouse yourself and keep awake and strengthen and invigorate what remains and is on on the point of dying. For I have not found a thing that you have done, any work of yours, Meeting the requirements of my God. Whoa. Now, if God were to show up in this church today would, or in your life, could he say, you're really supposed to be alive, Justin, but, you know, actually you're dead. And you know what? Uh, you need to wake up because, uh, and, and strengthen and invigorate what remains. Because I haven't found anything that you have done that meeting the requirements of my God. See, his desire, the message that these angels were going to, to the churches, and this is written in red. So this is actually Jesus speaking. I, I don't want Jesus to speak to this church or speak into my life and say, Justin, you know what? You're pretending to be alive, but actually you're dead. So... Um, <laughs> Verse, verse, verse 3 says, So call to mind the lessons you've received and heard. Continually lay them to heart and obey them and repent. In case, you, in case you will not rouse yourself and keep awake and watch, I will come to you like a thief and you will not know or suspect at what your hour will come. 
Yet you still have a few chosen names in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, and they shall walk with me in white because they're worthy and deserving. Wow. Church alive. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Hallelujah. It's not to... <laughs> thank you, Father. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Church alive. Say church alive. church alive. Hallelujah. Verse 14. These things write I unto you, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long... That you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. Where? So I'm right, I wrote this to you. But if I don't come right away, I want you to know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. Say that when we begin, house of God. Now, now what is the house of God? Which is the church of the living God. So I'm writing you on how you should behave In the house of God, in the house of the Lord, I'm sorry, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Say the church of the living God. God. Now get this for a moment. This is the the church of the living God. So Joseph, I'm coming to you because I want you to know how you need to behave in the house of God, which is what? The church of the living God. See, he's a living God. We don't serve a dead God. We, serve, we are part of the church of the living God. Now, then, then get this. Then it says, the pillar and the prop and the stay of all truth. Man, don't devalue what God values. God values the church. But how often do we treat the church as a matter of convenience? I'll go this week, not go next week. I'll go there because they, you know, after all, you know, they have something fun going this week. Or, or after all, they've got this special speaker that's speaking this week. We'll go that week. And, and, and so, so we make church about our convenience. We make, we make church about, about what's on, what has to do with us, but, but not taking account of why do I go and why am I part of the church? Because it's the church of the living, the living God. It's, the living God is there. The living God is. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you like me or don't like me. The living God's here. The living God's here. So you need to stop going to church and critiquing church and start going to church and worship the living God. It's the, he's the living God. Why do we come together? Why are we the called out ones? Because this is the house of the Lord and it is the, the church of the living God. The living God. Say church alive. alive. Then it says it's the pillar of all truth. Man. And the Lord showed me it's the church is what I place all truth on. Wow. The church of the living God. The living God. Man, when we come together as called out ones and we come together. Like I said, it's not about being in this room, but it's about being together. What does the word say? Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. So it's not about being in the building, but it's about being with other believers. And it is, it is the church of the living God. He, 
He cares about you. He, he is living and alive. And he wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you in your ga- and it, He wants to meet in our gatherings. He wants to show up in our gatherings. You realize the same God that spoke to Abraham is the living God? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to meet with you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to. And you're like, well, pastor, you know, I, I, just, I just have fellowship at home. It's just me and Jesus. You're still missing it. You're not in the house of God yet. Why well, just do church? You know, because church is really, you know, church is really, it's, it's about my personal relation. No, it's not. Misconceptions about church. Well, well you know, it's really not, it, church really isn't that important. It's about my personal relationship with God. Don't value, don't devalue what God values. Because he said the house of the Lord is the church of the living God. And it is the pillar of all truth. The church. Don't devalue, and don't let someone else devalue what God values. Church, church is about you and I coming together to get in the presence of the living God. Same one that spoke to David. Same one that David worshipped is the same God that we come together and we celebrate. Let's go to the Second Chronicles verse, chapter 5 real quick. The church of the living God. He's the church. It's the church of the living God. It, don't, you know, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. But he's still the living God. He's still the living God. We, we live under a new covenant today. Praise the Lord. A new covenant established upon better promises. Amen. I'm so grateful that I don't have to bring, I didn't have to bring an ox with me today. I'm so grateful because it's definitely a lot cleaner in this, in this sanctuary, so to speak. It smells a lot nicer. I'm so great, grateful for Jesus' sacrifice. But you know what? You know, it, it's still coming to the living God. It's just, it's just now, now it's out of our hearts. It's now, it's, it's just worship out of our hearts. Amen. Here in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse, verse 11 says, And when the priests had come out of the holy place, for all the priests present had sanctified themselves, separating themselves from everything that defiles without regard to their divisions. And all the Levites who were singers, all of those of Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, with their sons and kinsmen arrayed in fine linen, having cymbals and harps and lyres, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests blowing the trumpets. And it came to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. The glory had filled the house of God. The house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Which is the church of the... He, he isn't... He, he's the, he hasn't changed. Do you know when we come together in one accord? See, it has to do a lot with 
Revelation. It's the church of the living God. If you really took time before you got here on Sunday morning or Wednesday or whenever you're gathering in a a home group, whatever it is, and before you started, you really got the revelation of we're about to meet with the living God. We're about to worship the living God. Would that change how you came to this house? Would that change how you worship? Would that change how you pray? And now this isn't, this isn't earning some sort of place with God. With the Lord, church alive, what I'm dealing with is, is I want something to change within our hearts. Is a revelation that, that when you show up as a corporate body of believers, we're in the presence of the living God. And the same living God that showed up in the house of God when they were in one accord and they worshipped. What was their worship? It was their revelation. What was a revelation? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. See, it doesn't matter if you're saying for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever or singing we're no longer slaves. He split the sea and he walked right through it. What, what am I declaring? He is good. I'm declaring my revelation. And when we get in unity and we come into the house of God and we come into, the, we come into this house as a corporate body and we're worshiping him and we're in unity, the same presence, the same glory that showed up in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 will be the same glory that shows up here at 10350 Old Cleburne Crowley Junction. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. The church needs to be alive. The church has to be alive. What is the church alive? It's a church that is focusing on and encountering the living God. Hallelujah. How should we behave in the house of the Lord? Because it's the church of the living God, the pillar of all truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let, when you come in here, your worship be about yourself. Don't let it be your worship. Don't worship worship the people that are up here. Don't worship your pastor, your leader, your greatest speak, your greatest communicator that you listen to. Make sure it's leading you to God. Make sure it's leading you to God. Because he wants to manifest. These are days of glory, days of abounding, and days of flourishing. Oh, Father, just take a moment and just let's worship him. Father, we worship the living God. We worship you this morning. We worship you this morning because you're good and your mercies endure forever. I thank you, Father, that that you are a living God. You are the living God. Not a living God. You are the living God. Hallelujah. You are the living God. That we would build our worship and our our time together as a church body. That it would be reflective of our revelation that you are alive. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Church alive. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Hallelujah. Say church alive. Church alive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. says, When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men 
say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and of others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says unto them, He said unto them, But who say you that I am? See, it's not about what everyone else is saying about Jesus, but it's what are you saying about Jesus? It's not, it doesn't come down to what everyone thinks about Jesus. Jesus is saying, what do, you, what do you say about me? See, revelation. Revelation. Verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the son of the living God. Jesus, the son of the living God. Peter declares this. He says, man, who are you? Who are you to me? Who, who are you to me? You're the Messiah. You're the one I've been waiting for. And you are the son of the living God. Why do we gather here in church? Why do we gather in this place? Because he's alive. I don't serve a dead religion. You know, let me finish. Let me keep going here. Because this is twofold here. Jesus said, blessed are you. You see, blessed are you means empowered to prosper. You are empowered now. Something is now coming to your life, Peter, because of this understanding. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, Peter, the church is not supposed to be built on Peter. The church was to be built on the revelation that Peter had. And upon this revelation... Upon what revelation? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, the church needs to be built upon the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If it doesn't have to do do with Jesus, it's not alive. You know, just because you have a big church, just because you're a part, you may be a part of a big church, doesn't mean the church is alive. Look at the churches in Revelation, the seven churches. The Ephesus church was a mega church of its day. Sardis was a mega church of its day. But yet they were asleep. Numbers doesn't, doesn't make it alive. Hallelujah. Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my father which is in heaven. I say unto you that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now this can be twofold meaning. The gates of hell meaning Satan cannot destroy it. But you also understand where Jesus was preaching at. Jesus was preaching in a place called Caesarea Philippi. And Caesarea Philippi was a major port of that time. Where shipping and, and things would be exported and imported there. Well, they were, this Caesarea Philippi, they were under 300 years of domination by a certain group that constantly pushed mythology. And so they constantly pushed mythology for 300 years. So when Jesus is standing up talking, he's also dealing with the belief of that day. 
Because there's actually, you look at this word, gates of hell, it's actually Hades. And Hades was a, a mythological uh, um, son of Zeus that was over, I, I could be getting some of my mythology wrong here, but, but what happened is the gates of Hades. And if you go to Sistery Philippi, I've been there, and they had these archways that are in the water that are going, constantly go around it. And they called each one of those the gate of Hades. So when, when Jesus was talking here and preaching to them and talking about the gates of Hades will not prevail against it, what he was, and see with Greek mythology, everything was built on polytheism, which was multiple gods. But Jesus says, but, but, but this revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God, not a living God, but the living God. So when Jesus said, I'm going to build the church on this revelation that there is only one way to heaven. I'm going to build this revelation. There's only one God. And the one God is Jesus, the, the son of the living God. Meaning, and the gates of hell, meaning, meaning multiple religions and multiple gods is not the way to it. The church, my church, is going to be built on, there's only one way to heaven. There's not multiple way to heaven. There's not multiple gods. There's just one. So here, this revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and then Jesus says, this is what my church would build upon. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell... Satan shall not overcome it. Shall not overcome it. And then he says, I give you the keys. Come on. I give you the keys. What are the keys based in? That Jesus is the Son of God, Son of the living God. Church alive. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Thank you for the teach this morning. Hallelujah. Church of the living God. Church alive. The church should be alive because we serve a living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So Peter had a revelation that came from the Father. And also see, we see in the book of Acts when the, when the Holy Spirit came into the church. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. We know Peter stood up and he read. I don't have the time. You can actually start reading in verse 21 and go all the way through the chapter and you see everything that Peter preached. But for the sake of time, I want to start in verse 30. Being, however, and and this is actually, he's actually quoting Psalms here, Peter is. Being, however, a prophet and knowing that God has sealed to him with an oath that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. He, seeing this, before spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we're witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he says unto himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. What does that word assuredly mean? Without doubt. Let all the house of Israel. Well, if you look in, you look in the epistles, we see that as believers, whether Jew or Gentile, we are the true Israel of God. So it says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know, assuredly, without doubt, that God hath made, hath made, hath made the same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, let me back up just for a moment. 
in, Luke, in Matthew chapter 16, he said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Now Peter's standing up and he's preaching. He goes, now assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So now Peter's saying, he's not just Christ. He's not just the anointed one, but now he's Lord. Yes. Now he's Lord. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Why? Because this is the message of the hour. This is the message of salvation. This is the message of deliverance. This is the message of healing. This is the message of salvation. This is the gospel. They were pricked in their hearts. Why? Because the living God was now working on them. The living God was working on them. Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall be, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself for this un or crooked generation. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them three thousand souls. The church was alive. Based on what? The revelation that Jesus is the son of the living God. And he's not just the Christ, but he's Lord. Hallelujah. The church is alive because of what Jesus is. He's Lord and he's Christ. He's Lord and he's Christ. If we keep on reading, it says they continued steadfastly. And the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Church was alive. And all that believed were together had all things common. They sold their possessions and good, parted them to all men as everyone had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Breaking of bread and house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church added to the church, added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Such as should be saved. Why? Because he's the living God. He's Lord and he's Christ. He's Lord and he's Christ. He's Lord and he's Christ. As a church, 2018, this is days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. 2018, we are a church alive. We are a church alive. Church alive. A church alive. Hallelujah. Go to First Peter, and I'll only close with this. Actually, go to Revelations 1. Maybe we'll get into Peter next week. Revelations 1. A church alive. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, he's talking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand on me, saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. Jesus. Jesus. Lord and Christ. He's Lord and Christ. Just see what I see in my spirit about what God's going to be doing in this church body. You see what, he, what he's going to be doing through you. I, I've seen you. 
Not how you are right now, but I see us as a church body and what is going to take place over this next year. And a year from now, you'll be, it was days of glory. It was days of flourishing. It was days of abounding. Because this is what the church is built on. A church alive is built on the fact that he's a living God. The church is built on the fact that Jesus is Lord and he's Christ. And here, Jesus is speaking and he tells John, he says, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Let that sink in just for a moment. Mm. We're called out once that have come together to celebrate the fact that he's Lord and he's Christ. And he says here, I am he that liveth, meaning in the King James, liveth means, meaning I'm, I'm still living. T-H at the end is not just because it's King James, it's liveth, meaning I, I'm still doing this. I'm still alive. I'm still alive, meaning, meaning if I was still living back then, I'm still living today. And if I was still healing back then, I'm still healing today. If I was saving back then, I'm still saving today. So a church alive doesn't mean I'm just a big church, but a church alive is one where Jesus is living and Jesus is alive. And the same things that Jesus did are the same thing that's happening. The same things that happened in Chronicles where the priest couldn't stand the minister should be happening today. Why? The spirit of God hasn't changed. He's still the living God. And here Jesus says, I'm he that liveth and, 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 and was dead. Hallelujah. But he says, but behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. So Jesus even said, so be it. <laughs> amen. He even said an amen to what he just said. I, I was he that liveth, then it was died. But you know, I'm alive forever. Amen. So be it. The promises of God are yes and what? Amen. The promises of God are the fact that he, he, he liveth, he died, but he's alive forevermore. Amen. So be it. So be it. And if it's so be it, when he said that, then this church is going to say, so be it. He is alive forevermore. And the church is built upon a revelation of who he is. So, so be it here. As it was then, so it will be now. As it was when he walked the earth, so will it be right now. As he sent the disciples, so will send us. Hallelujah. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickens our mortal bodies. The same Jesus. The same Jesus. A church alive. He's not coming back for a dead church, people. He's not coming back for a church where it's comfortable to be in in the natural. Because the natural things are at enmity with God, but it's the spiritual things. A spiritual, supernatural church. Hallelujah. 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 Church alive. Church alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not, I'm not talking about being emotional. I'm talking about being supernatural. Hallelujah. 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 And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. 
Write the things which you've seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, the angels, which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the churches. Now it tells us the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. We need to be a lampstand. We need to be a church that's on fire. We need to be a church that's living and alive. Where if someone comes in and they're dead, they're made alive. Spiritually or physically, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's alive forevermore. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I thank you that we are a church alive. Hallelujah. We are a church that's living. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that we are a lampstand. Hallelujah. We are a city set on a hill that can't be hid. We will not light a, we will not put our candle under a bushel. Hallelujah. But I thank you that we will put our light. We will put our church on a, on a, on a lampstand for all to see. I thank you, Father, that this is a lighthouse of faith. This is a house of prayer. This is a house of healing. This is a house of joy. This is a house of salvation. This is a house where you are living and you're alive forevermore. We say amen to that. Hallelujah. I thank you that you're moving in this day. You're moving in this hour because these are days of glory. These are days of flourishing. These are days of abounding. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 You know, we were created to make a mark on our world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Ah, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, yeah, I'll read that. Hallelujah. Something I've had written down here. A couple of things I wrote down. I heard a song, and it was a prophetic. Someone was just singing out of their hearts, and I don't know if Cassie heard this, but the person was singing the song and she said this, you can't put out a fire that burns from the inside. You can't put out a light that shines from the inside. You can't threaten me with darkness because I've been overtaken by his brightness. It's apparent that many Christians today have lost their wonder over Jesus. Philip said, I must preach Christ. 
it's apparent that many Christians today have lost their wonder over Jesus. Some actually dread going to church. Not because of the church, but because they lost their wonder over Jesus. They become bored over sermons, singing and doing different things that become a chore. They've grown weary of well-doing. Church work has become drudgery because compassion has been replaced with indifference. People have become mere robots going through the motions instead of being excited servants of Christ within a passion to worship, to praise or honor and serve Him. Often churches where they used to be alive and on fire, they have gotten over the wonder of Jesus. Apathy is a disease that will eat away at any church. Complacency will spread like cancer through the lives of individuals and those of churches. And before long, the church will become a corpse. If your church is dead, the answer is not to blame someone else. The answer is to look in the mirror. We only have a short time to make an impact on this world for Christ. Let us endure, evangelize, exhort, exalt, edify. May there be encounters. May there be evidences of the Holy Spirit. And may there be excitement within our church every time we gather. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. Days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. That we would get our excitement back over our wonder of Jesus. It's not a a wonder of the building but it's the wonder of Jesus that what this building represent is built upon this morning if you've lost a fire so to speak and you say Pastor Justin I feel like I've been been complacent I feel like I've kind of let some things go feel dry on the inside I want my wonder of Jesus to return if that's you just slip your hand up right where you are hallelujah thank you Jesus You say, Pastor Justin, I want to be on fire with and for the things of God. If you desire that, just slip your hand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 
Jesus. May Jesus resonate in our hearts. May the revelation of Jesus resonate in our hearts. Yes, I'll say that. Some of you have made ministry, Lord. Some have made your even your focus on ministry as Lord. When your focus should be on Jesus. The reason your ministry hasn't gone to where it needs to be is because you've had your eyes and heart and been pressing into ministry and not pressing into Jesus. You press into Jesus, ministry will be automatic. Ministry will happen. some here that you even need to make make a decision for Jesus you need to repent he talked to the church of Ephesus he said you left your first love maybe we'll get in this next week but you left your first love it's time for you to come back to the first love your first love oh thank you Father Oh, renew, renew us, Father. Renew us, Father. Oh, Father, that we would be, hallelujah, the church of the living God, this pillar and stay and prop of truth. That we be your called out ones, Father. Build upon this revelation that Jesus is Lord and he's Christ. He is Lord and he is the anointed one. And the anointing is present. The same anointed that healed. The same anointed that opened blind eyes. The same anointing. The same spirit that calls lifeless wombs to, womb, wombs to live. That same spirit. That same presence, that same power that makes things alive, I thank you, is flowing through this place today. Oh, thank you, Father. Breathe on this place. The life of God, breathe over us, Father. Life. Hallelujah, that we'd be a church alive. A church alive. Whether we, whether we become big, whatever it is, Father, I thank you, but we'll know this, we're alive. We're alive. Hallelujah. We're, the church, we're a church of the living God. Herod your faith is alive. Herod your faith is alive. It's a place where people encounter God. It's a place where people are equipped with God. And it's a place where people go out and release God. Hallelujah, because we're alive. We're alive. Hallelujah. Living water flow. Living water flow in this place today. Living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living water flow. Living water flow. Allow his presence to consume you. Allow him his presence to quicken your heart today. Hallelujah. Allow him to speak to you and talk to you about changes and adjustments. 
Hallelujah. Repent of complacency if need be. Repent of attitude if need be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And get back to your wonder of Jesus. Your wonder of Jesus. Man, His presence is so sweet. The church alive. Church alive. Man. This week, your assignment is to just focus on Jesus. The living God. He's Lord and He's Christ. Focus on Him. And I believe if we all focus on Him throughout this week, I believe that we'll come in here totally different next week on how we worship God. Because you can't help but focus on Him and not be changed by Him. It's impossible. It's impossible. Days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. And heritage of faith is a church alive. Mm. I don't know how to finish. Um, Hallelujah. Man. Mm. You know, we're going to get in and talking about what does a church alive look like? What does a church alive preach? What does the church alive do? Amen. I don't know how to finish. We love you. God bless. See you on Wednesday night. Hallelujah.